A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hampler and Michael Sidgwick. Here's a look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to NXT and a stat show tonight Michael Hamlet we've got the return of Finn Balor we've got a street fight for the women's tag titles a falls count anywhere to conclude a huge rivalry I'll tell you what after this show I will not need any more wrestling and certainly any more violence for the rest of this week shut up <laughs> shut up here's the thing I know what you're doing and you're pissing me off uh, well done well done for accomplishing that I'm telling you like I honestly I'm very cynical about all things WWE and the way that they operate their scummy, cynical business. It can't be a coincidence, right? That on the heavily promoted Blood and Guts week in which AEW was promised a new level of violence for pro wrestling TV in the mainstream, I just cannot separate that happening and NXT running two weapons, plunder, stipulation matches, whatever you want to call them, on their show. They're still fighting the the Wednesday Night War when it's not a Wednesday Night War anymore. Why would you do two very similar stipulation matches on this week of all weeks unless the company is either incredibly cynical or just incredibly dumb? Because either they want to genuinely do that they want to satiate this apparent demand for bloodlust the night before. There's just in a, a horrible bid to diminish the rating of the competition, right? Mm. So either they're going to do that or what they're doing is they are wasting two blow-offs for feuds that have been just simmering and that's gentle for the longest time because what's going to happen is they're going to get blown out the water in the violence department not 24 hours later and you are making your wrestlers work six of your talents work pretty arduous grueling debilitating matches and it's just all gonna get washed away pamphlet set him straight these feuds have been slowly building right up until this point from from day one wasn't it in nxt <laughs> it's it's not cynical or dumb it's cynical and dumb because yeah it puts 
ungodly pressure on these wrestlers to try and out-violent the violence of tomorrow. They'll be looking for grand visuals that can't bleed, but like they'll be looking for grand bloodless visuals from these matches that can somehow um, outstrip tomorrow night's blood-soaked violence, and we know AEW will go there. Um, and one of them's not even in a cage. So they're virtually, they feel identical. They could have at least hoid one of them, like the single, maybe Swerve and Leon Ruff in a cage. That'll be two on the nose. Well, but you see, I think it's so dumb anyway that they might as well have done. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's a part of it. So you might as well have the tag team match be a street fight and the singles match be a steel cage. And then you're kind of getting both. And then at least you've got a bit of variation across your show. They're going to have to um, have the Falls Count Anywhere match pretty much go all over the CWC to differentiate between the two stipulations because there's going to be loads of weapons in the tag match. The tag match feels like it's going to be more energetic. There's more people. Um, Candice LeRae is pretty great in this environment. Shotty Blackheart will do anything to get this over. So, like, it feels like there's going to be more electricity in this tag team match. So I expect Swerve and Ruff to get the shortcut of being allowed to go wherever they want in the CWC. We'll have some backstage stuff. We'll have a version of that, like, weird in the crowd, but not in the crowd stuff they've done with like Drew and Sheamus and the Thunderdome doesn't totally work, but it's different, I guess. Um, and yeah, as Sajid points out, nothing, even for trying, and Christ, they'll try, but even for trying, nothing will become the conversation this week. If anything, it'll just be like a curtain raiser. Like to the wrestling audience at large, who, based on the numbers, we can assume there's a fairly big overlap between the people that watch on Tuesday versus people on Wednesday. We say, well, if you like that, check this out, which is the polar opposite response of what they're wanting from the bulk of the people watching the show. It is cynical. It is equally cynical as it is dumb. That's the thing. Even if it isn't cynical, even if it isn't, and again, to reiterate, maybe I'm crazy here, right? But even if I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and it just happens to be on this week that they're running two step matches, even if it isn't a bid to desensitize the crossover to, uh, AEW NXT audience, you're still going to desensitize your existing audience on the violence of the second NXT match. I just think it's stupid. Um, here's the thing. To varying degrees, I think both matches will be great. I just think it's a silly, silly idea to do it irrespective of whether there's, there's a cynical element to it. I just like the idea of, you know, they have the, the deep voice promo. I see it every week when I go and look at the preview of WWE.com. Like, tonight, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon will defend the tag titles. That, that sort of thing. Do you reckon there's going to be a thing that plays tonight that says, tomorrow night, why not go outside for a bit? Or see some friends. Or do a family quiz, particularly from 8 till 10 p.m. It's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't spoken to your grandma in a while. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about NXT. And it has, to be fair, or certainly in my opinion, Hamlet, been, been vastly improved since moving nights. And I've really enjoyed the last few weeks. Um, we've all had that concern. You particularly will have it as parents. If you have pets, that if they go missing, you worry about them. You put signs, reward answers to the name of Finn. Well, the cat comes home tonight. Finn Balor returns to NXT after uh, TakeOver Stand and Deliver. And uh, what do you reckon he's going to have to say for himself? He's had a lovely little holiday, lucky bastard. I welcome character development off the results of those Instagram pictures and worry that this is dumb too. And it's just him saying, 
just because it took a holiday, you don't think that the prince goes on vacation. I'm going to take my title back, and it's just all serious all over. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of wordplay that he would do. Yeah, like I kind of bear more of this. Finn I kind of got more of this. <laughs> so I just I need those pictures to actually mean something, like to reflect. But like he's gone away from the darkness and severity of bloody Capital Wrestling Centre and what it is to be NXT champion. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just going to... I don't want him to be wearing his Kyle O'Reilly Glastonbury attire, but I want him to come back refreshed, you know? And somebody can interrupt him. Uh, fine. Like, we'll have a, a mini programme for Finn Balor while uh, Karen Cross is distracted elsewhere and Finn Balor gradually tries to be fine and tries to be, you know, sort of relaxed. And then gradually he starts talking about things like how it feels like the demon wants to escape from him. And you get one more match out of Karen Cross and Finn Balor. And this time Finn Balor's the demon. But just take your time. I will say this for the, I don't think I'd be quite as glowing as you for the praise, but it's been a more enjoyable viewing experience, even when I've not loved all of the content. Part of that is obviously because we're not dealing with four hours on a Wednesday morning in the UK, trying to juggle both shows live or however you did it before. But generally, this is falling back into NXT pattern booking. And what I will say so far is that nothing has felt terribly rushed. Um, nothing has felt... This little double same match stipulation crack is the first time they've felt anything close to wartime NXT. They're starting to just stretch stuff out again. They're working at their own pace. They've got one eye on their next takeover. They're not terribly bothered um, whether or not we're bored or captivated by a character. So I'm in no rush to get back to Finn Balor's serious guy. Like, no rush at all. So I'd like those Instagram selfies or whatever to just actually reflect a guy that's taken a break and is maybe a bit more relaxed, and that can set him away with somebody else tonight. I'm looking through the Wikipedia WWE list of WWE personnel page, and I'm looking at male NXT wrestlers because I suspect that they've only shown footage or pictures or whatever of Finn Balor, like, relaxed and on holiday with the idea that someone's going to confront him and say... Well, you're getting soft. Uh, that's me trying to do a brummy accent, trying to be Tyler Bate. But I suspect one of the intense lads, pick one who isn't engaged in a feud at present, is going to confront them and say, oh, the first thing you did when you lost your title um, was go on holiday or something like that. Something similar to what they did on Raw. Um, and I'm looking through this list and I just cannot see who's confronting them. And I don't know if that's because people have done a, good job of wrapping virtually everyone on the show in a storyline, which is to their credit, um, because if it was on like Raw Smackdown in this similar fantasy book and pitch, not from fantasizing about it, but you get my drift. Um, you could just pick anyone because there's so many people with nothing to do. And honestly, it's kind of illuminated that yes, a lot of these male roster members who could conceivably confront Finn Balor are wrapped in storylines at the moment, which I guess is good resourceful use of your roster. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it, and really, only Pete Dunne is not without like a opponent on the imminent horizon at this point. So I've got no idea um, who would I want Finn Balor to have a match with. I don't know that either. Um, seriously, Kona Reeves, maybe. I think, and this isn't me pitching this as something I'd like to see, but just using my WWE head and, and although it you know it doesn't really tick all your boxes there Sige because I'd say that I could easily see him in, in, in 
he's, I don't know, he's flirted with a few people uh, in terms of in terms of getting into proper rivalries. But I could very easily see Finn Balor tonight cutting a promo and one LA Knight interrupting and saying, oh, I see the moment I showed up at TakeOver Stand and Deliver, you had head for the hills sort of thing. I don't know whether you want to feud. Head for the card flap. Yeah, exactly. I don't know whether you want the, whether you want a feud there because you don't really want to, I mean, he's already lost, but you don't want to hand him more losses, LA Knight. Like you say, you need Finn Balor to win to recover. So maybe, even though he's just been used as cannon fodder very recently, maybe an Oni Lorcan, but like he says, it's, it's a tough pitch, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. I've got no idea how they're going to make this interesting at all, if I'm being perfectly honest. You know who looked good, if not big time or animated or whatever? That um, It's called Tyler Rust. Mm. Tyler August Gray, what's he called? The one that Bivens... Yeah, Tyler Rust. Yeah, Tyler Rust. Tyler Rust. Yeah, they could do something with him. Was he August Gray at first? I think so. Yeah, Tyler Rust. Why not? Um, just a nice bit of levity and a contrast because I found Finn Balor's run to be drab promo-wise when it was just Intense Lad telling fellow Intense Lad that he was harder than the other Intense Lad. I think Bivens yes. could maybe coke some of the actual swagger and charisma that Finn Balor as Prince, Prince Devitt had once upon a time. So if nothing else other than to just get away from that overbearing Finn Balor character. Some interaction with Bivens, I think, would work nicely. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. 
Right, CJ, let's look ahead to one of the two big, uh, like you say, hard-hitting matches tonight. It's a street fight for the women's titles. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon uh, defending those tag titles against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell has been a revelation over recent weeks. Do you sense that playing into this again in a, in a title retention for, for Blackheart and Moon? I wouldn't hate it, you know. I wouldn't hate it. As Hamflit accurately points out, Candice LeRae is awesome in this environment. Um, and I think she'll be even better in the sort of world whirlwind um, context of like a tag plunder match. Like her work in PWG is legendary. I think that she had a match with Mia Yim that Wild Good did fall afoul of those WWE tropes. Like a tag team plunder match is something WWE tends to do. And as a result, there are fewer traps and cliches and tropes to fall into. So I've genuinely got high expectations for this match. Um, particularly since, again, Shotzi Blackheart will do something unhinged to get it over. Candice LeRae knows exactly how to work these and craft these. That's the key difference. Um so I think you're going to get some really well done craft. I think it'll be a well put together match that'll have a, a certain tone that Shotty can provide. Um, Ember Moon will do something awesome in this environment. And I think if they are brave enough and they are savvy enough to like slip between modes, you can get a decent amount of comedy out of Hartwell in this context as well. I think all of the ingredients are there to create something really quite memorable and fun and violent without those two things undermining one another. Um, yeah, I think this should be really good. Yeah. I don't know who wins. I don't think there's a title switch imminent. I think the appearance of Dexter Loomis will probably have the reverse effect of last week where um, Indy Hartwell will be drawn to him and she will lose the match for her team. Maybe a bit of dissension in the way who I'm completely over. Um, so that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I just dread this because there is so much I like about this as a booking. I dread it being slightly underthought. I worry when a match like this occurs um, and maybe tonight it'll be great and it'll be sort of a bit more hard objective evidence that NXT is like knows itself again on like on a night to itself. Um yeah, it almost feels like fortuitous that they've happened upon this match with these wrestlers. Um, and I want them to put the thought into it rather than just like switching on the NXT match machine and us getting like the spots that we used to with the tables or with that weird, you know, that girder that every wrestler... I love climbing on that bastard. Every, yeah, like I just, I don't want them to... An example of them doing it right would be um, spin the wheel, make a deal with Gargano and Damian Priest where... Yes, the match was very like the way they got to the match was very NXT, but the quality of the match itself was very much about the wrestlers and like being creative with the surroundings. And it was all very in character. I would like to see these wrestlers wrestle as if they are the people they portray, not the company they work for. And I think there's such a big difference at this point in the presentation of these matches that it would it would really it would be a, like a standout moment for this current era of NXT if this banged because it could like it really really could for all that you know it is pointless to compare the likely violence between this and what we might get in Blood and Guts. It, this could stand up by itself as like a match of the night or a proper talking point match. Yeah, I can easily see some mad stuff happening with those girders, like you say, whether it be. Wouldn't really be as any, you know, I don't know how effective it would be in reality, but like an eclipse off that through a table or something bonkers is very feasible. I, I agree. I think Shotzi Black on Ember Moon retain. I can't quite figure out in my head 
where or how the interaction happens. But yeah, it's going to be one of those where maybe Indy Hartwell goes under the ring and Dexter Loomis is there and she freezes and that, and, and and maybe even like Bronson Reed gets involved to to even the odds because like you say, Austin Theory and, and Johnny Gargano are seeming inevitably going to get involved because they're of because of their attachment to the way even though they can never seem to get the job done aside from when it's to do with the North American Championship and with the fallout from last week, you've got Bronson Reed waiting for that that title opportunity. Speaking of title opportunities, um, a match seemingly set up to set up potentially the next challenges for the tag team titles. It is the grizzled young veterans taking on Champa and Thatcher. And I really like the build to this, Hamlet. Yeah, me too. Um, tremendous, really, that they... Well, Tremendous that they can do it on television with the minor worry that they'll like fall back in old habits and not give us a finish. Mm. Because I think like, the tag division's not great. It's, it's got a few decent teams, but I think it'd be generous to say the division as a whole is great. Um, and you, you know, you can't, you do risk throwing away some of these first time meetings between these teams. Or certainly, like, I'm trying to think if these two have actually already fought, but what, like, feel fresh. These fought in the Dusty Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but it feels brand new now like in this context and that, that's all that's all you need um yeah like love the build love how much sense it makes um these teams would absolutely hate each other Champer and thatcher would hate zach gibson and just like want to smash him in the mouth at the first opportunity but grizzled young vets would resent Champer and thatcher's very existence when they feel as though they're entitled to those tag titles so like love all about all there is about this Love the potential chemistry and the quality of the match. Um, and as you say, like I, I really hope they commit to a finish because this is proper showing, not telling your number one contenders. They're not just inventing number one contenders match out of thin air. They're, this is a battle of the best and the winning team deserve to get the shot. Yeah, it's just, again, so difficult to envisage them actually committing to a clean finish with the idea of placing MSK's title reign under like significant threat. It's WWE. It's what they do. And it's what they've done for so long that the feeling of cynicism is often so inescapable. Hence the goddamn introduction to this podcast. And it affects the, my enjoyment or anticipation of this match on a micro level. Like so often in WWE, when you think, Oh, that team can't afford to lose. They rarely do clean. Mm. They rarely do so cleanly. Um, ultimately, NXT is a match factory, which is slightly better than the content factory that is now Raw and SmackDown. But with the with me trying to put in mind the, the match factory mentality that is NXT, they're probably looking at that Dusty Cup final and going, let's run that back as soon as humanly possible. And where that leaves Thatcher and Champa, I don't know. Um, because again, part of the problem with setting up a team that you don't seem to have any fixed direction to go with right at the top, setting that team up via a feud is that you've already done the feud. So it's everything I've watched with Champa and Thatcher, even though I've grown to enjoy their chemistry in spite of myself and in spite of my inclinations, everything just, the muck of WWE's avarice hangs over everything to do with that act for me. I, I genuinely can't call this because you could easily see a world in which they present Champer and Thatcher versus MSK and obviously, like say, running back. Grizzled I'd and- love to watch that. I think yeah. it'd be fantastic. Maybe yeah. they should, you know, maybe they should commit to that direction and realise that Zach Gibson is so gifted promo-wise that he can just 
get the heat and get the interest and get the buzz or what counts for it these days in NXT two months down the line. Mm. It's a huge win for MSK should they beat Champion Thatcher as well. Yeah. It's, it's not that well, like what we're pitching is not some wild out there fantasy booking scenario, is it? It's kind of it's like it's relatively character driven and you deliver the big matches that you've not seen before and then you put people over. Yes. And I mean, like you say, it's a limited tag division, but I thought they did a hell of a rebuild with Legado del Fantasma standing tall last week. I loved that main event. And, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that they should automatically be back straight into a title picture or even like a title match with two, three, believe four teams in it. But yeah, like you say, let's let's hope uh, they, they commit to something. Obviously, I'm going to be backing the Grizzled Young Veterans, but like you say, the, the Champer and Thatcher versus MSK would be would be wonderful. Yeah, so let's talk about this this ongoing rivalry between Isaiah Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff. Falls count anywhere tonight. Hamlet's right. They're going to be brawl all over the CWC, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it's going to be more creative than violent, more athletic than... They're not going to go for tone here, which, whether that's well-advised or not, it's just not going to happen. I don't think anyone buys this as a proper grudge feud between two acts that despise one another. Um, I realise they've been feuding for long enough that per WWE law, L-A-W, there's a goddamn thing as the L-O-R-E. Sorry yeah. for the homonym there, just to clear up any confusion. I don't feel like these two guys want to rip each other's heads off, right? And I don't think it suits their respective strengths to have a gnarly fight. I wouldn't believe in it. It's not for them to do. I think this is just realistically a vehicle to get to incredibly gifted um, modern athletes to do incredibly spectacular things um, using heights as a platform, using chairs to run up and jump off and do hurricane runners. I'm expecting, and I invoke this as a criticism more often than not, but I'm expecting the good kind of PWG plagiarism mm. in this match. Um, I really hope it goes that way because if nothing else, as a wrestling fan who's got Osprey versus... Shingo fought to catch up with him by all accounts. It's one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I've got Blood and Guts, which we'll go into in depth on the preview tomorrow. But I firmly expect that to be like, not so much barren in spots, but just going for a tone more than a structure. Um, I just want a different experience. One mm. that maximizes the strengths of the performers involved in the match. I want this to be contrived in the best possible way. This should be humble. This should be... Perceived by WWE as a stepping... I love and I love Leon Ruff, by the way. Perceived as a stepping stone to... At the next takeover, you get Kushida versus Swerve. Is that is that the direction you go? Or maybe Kushida versus Swerve versus... Um, you know, Nagata of Fantasm. Oh, not Nagata. You know what I mean. Santos. Santos Escobar. Yeah. Um... Saved it with the, with the ruling. <laughs> yeah. Or um, go beyond that and do, let's say... like Mike Beyond. Maybe they're looking towards um, Swerve and Bronson Reed for the North American, for example. Like, absolutely, this is, I will say that for all, maybe like subjectively, I've not got a great deal out of this rivalry. The way they are positioning it and have positioned it is that the win matters to the person. It's that like, so like Swerve lost all the goddamn time, like when he was trying to win the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Leon Ruff won, then lost the North American title. So this feud found them both like scrambling around at the bottom. And this is that like opportunity back out away from that. And again, like I always feel like I go back to like NXT's formula and when, when wrestlers find themselves in what particular mix we saw Pete Dunne 
was just like in that mix for the NXT title by default for like three or four months. Oh, there's Kyle O'Reilly. I'll fight you for a shot. There's Finn Balor. I'll, I'll fight you for the belt itself now. Here's Karrion Cross. You know, like maybe I'm not frightened of you and maybe I'll have my... There are certain rests at various times that find themselves. It's like football teams. Sometimes you get relegated. Sometimes you get promoted and you're in that division. The winner of this match, and I do assume it's be Swerve, will get that promotion, which is sort of the point. You know, you're, like, you're supposed to win this match and it's supposed to be elevated. So yes, I would expect him to be a title contender, but which one? I don't know. Is is that analogy? Is is Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa the Sunderland just staying this division forever? Yes, we go up. I don't, I don't think I want it. I don't want to. There's nothing good up there for us. Um, we've got you know potential fallout from what we saw from 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 uh, Cole and the reaction from O'Reilly to look forward to tonight. But instead, I want to conclude um, by looking ahead to something me and Sige uh, predicted spot on last week, uh, and that was the interaction between one Ted DiBiase and one Ikeriga, baby, to the moon. A uh, continuation of this tonight for you, Hamlet. Um, no, is that unpopular? No, um, I've really really enjoyed it. I worry that they would beat it into the ground really quick in a way that I wouldn't have fond memories of it. Like you can, you can do it, and there's every chance they've like flown, <laughs> they've flown him in, and they've got like four or five segments out of him, and he's got a nice payday, and maybe we'll get like more out of out of NXT vignettes, you know, jewelry shops. Uh, what what hasn't Cameron Grimes done? He's done the basketball court, hasn't he? He's got a. I think for me, well, well I'll let you, I'll come. To Just I, like. Fair enough, like, if they've got him for a few more taped things, fine. But I, I don't want them to lean on this too much now that we've had, like, that first payoff. I think it's good. I like the million-dollar title thing I can go either way on, to be honest. Um, maybe Cameron Grimes tries to form his own corporation and the only guys he can find is Everize or something. Then DiBiossi and IRS... Oh, my God, don't say that. Uh, DiBiossi and IRS just chase them out of the CWC as money in. You know, like, I'm not saying you can't do the odd one or two things. I like this Cameron Grimes character enough to go back to the idea of like where they're at in the pecking order to start having a rivalry or two. I don't feel like that's too much to ask, but like, I think at some point, like the gag was so great last week, the revealing payoff was tremendous. Um, use a bit more Teddy Biossi if you want to, but I'm totally ready for, like, I, would, I don't want freaking Bronson Reed again, or Johnny Gargano just holding on to the belt forever. I want Cameron Grimes to have that belt. I want him to feel like he's got a purpose as the great all-rounder he is. So the longer you cling on to this DBOC stuff, now you've done it, the less you're going to like it. It's odd, this. It's odd is the word. I like it, but it's odd. And it's unpredictable in that way, like, oh, who's got the better review, MJF versus Chris Jericho? Like, it's not on that level. It's basically a storyline in a pro wrestling company between a guy who can go versus a guy who can't. Like, what do you do? What more can he possibly do? How funny are the gags, really, if you continue to stretch it out? I need this to be more tethered to Cameron Grimes, the wrestler, the performer, and what he does in this company. It's just getting, it's just like gags in it. I, I don't know what this is. I suspect it will continue for a little while longer. I want this to be more focused. I want this to be more tethered to pro wrestling. I do want Cameron Grimes and just... If nothing else, right, I think it would be such a flex for Grimes and NXT, the wider product, if he can get that goddamn million, to- million dollar belt over. Mm. It's an absolute albatross of a gimmick that is so aspirational in terms of who had tried to get over in the past. Um, 
so ironic, like the people who wore it looked nothing like a million dollars. And yet Cameron Grimes can subvert and lance all that. I just think there's so much, like pun intended, money in yeah. him holding it and there being some kind of begrudging alliance. They might have a chemistry between them. You'll often find that funny. People tend to have com- com- like chemistry with like several other people. I just want them to be an act together. Um, I think they can squeeze one or two more skits out of it. And then some kind of storyline development that tethers DiBiase and Grimes together. And he can then use the million dollar title. He can brag about it at this point when he's got it. He can talk about how it's the most prestigious title in all of NXT. He can get that over. Summons out whoever's the babyface North American champion at that time because Gargano's held it for long enough. Then they can feud over the North American title. Mm. I think this is, I think they're in the long haul with this. I truly do. Like they've been mentioning Ted DiBiase's name since was it Vengeance Day that Grimes returned yeah. and we saw that thing. They mentioned DiBiase's name the very next week or the week after that. Like it's that we're in it for the long haul, I suspect. I'm completely with you, Sid, and I'm gonna keep talking about this until I will it into existence. But like you say, I, I agree. I think they need to have this head to head each week uh until they finally realize they're the opposite of like an a couple tech team in terms of like, oh, we were exactly the same person. And like you say, one of us can't go in the ring, but one of us can. And one of us can protect the legacy of the others. Maybe this week you kind of flip it on its head. Maybe Ted DiBiase is taking out his wife for a lovely meal at a restaurant and he arrives and they say, I'm sorry, sir, your, your table's been taken. And you find out that it's Cameron Grimes, whose payback has has not only taken his table, but made even more money off the, I don't really pay much attention to this, but is it Doge coin? Dog coin? <laughs> the idea. No idea. It's the bloody strange new world. And I'm a 36, 35 year old, I'm not a Hamlet yet, who doesn't, <laughs> belong, who doesn't belong to it. Yeah. I keep saying, I'll download eToro and see what this is all about. I haven't done it yet. Um, but yeah, maybe he's there and he's clearly celebrating with a load of hangers on that he's made even more money off the bloody magic internet coin things, whatever it is that he does. But uh, uh, yeah, more of this sort of thing, please. Excited for NXT regardless, though. Let us know your thoughts ahead of the show tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, where you can hear our review of uh, Raw right now, and you can hear our review of this show and our preview, as Sidge mentioned, of AW Dynamite Blood and Guts tomorrow. But for now, this has been the NXT preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. <laughs>